the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome into another midweek edition of the Spot Track Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Kravitz, joined by a man who has lost countless hours of sleep breaking down this new Patrick Mahomes contract. He, of course, is Mike Gennetti. Mike, I'm glad that you could find time to dig yourself out from under that one to chat with me about all of the craziness that we are seeing in the sports world. And I think we've got every sector of that covered here on today's podcast. So how are you holding up? Yeah, doing well. The, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago with the, uh, you know, the Burrow stuff and even a couple, you know, the Bosa contract. Uh, we just don't see this kind of NFL contract stuff happen in September, you know, let alone week two, week three like this. So to have, you know, arguably the, you know, the most important contract in NFL history to hit September 19th is just rare. So it's, we're certainly a juggling situation, but also it's, um, it's funny because this hits, you know, all the normal media reports come out. We finally get the breakdown. I do, you know, a pod on it. I do an article on it. I go on some Kansas city radio on it. And I, I've never seen a backlash like I got with this one, Brandon. So I, I'm going to throw this back to you before we dive deep, because I do want to dive into the numbers here. I think it's important. But when you heard this contract hit and you saw the numbers and the, and the media reports, what was your impression of why this contract happened? Because I, I just haven't seen the discontent with any contract, let alone this one that we've had over the past couple of days here. Just what was your initial reaction to this contract? My, my initial reaction was why I, I, I still haven't quite figured that part out yet. Okay. Um, I, I assume that part of it, I assume that I'm curious to get your thoughts and that's probably the crux of this whole conversation. I assume that because Patrick Mahomes signed his deal a couple of years ago, and we've seen monster contracts signed by other top tier quarterbacks like Lamar and Jalen hurts and recently Joe Burrow that he wanted to catch up in terms of the amount of dollars that were owed to him so that he wasn't uh, historically underpaid for not for the total dollar amount, but just relative to the competition in the league because he right. is the top dog right now. So I was confused by the timing of it. They've been dealing with their contract situation with Chris Jones. I thought that all of the Chiefs stuff would be done and wrapped up and maybe Mahomes would tackle this in the offseason, if at all. Um, but that was my, my initial thought was why. And then I just figured that it was just keeping up with the Joneses, but all right. How the, accurate is that in yeah, terms yeah. of an initial reaction? Totally, totally fair. I would agree almost a hundred, 150% on that, which is the sentiment I've been kind of spreading around. Right. And I have the numbers I've, do I've dove into the numbers. I know what this thing looks like. And certainly the timing is, I think the timing is, is what has everybody thrown off here right? Because it is the middle of the season. It is in a reaction to Joe Burrow, right? There's a lot to that. You, the Chris Jones stuff is definitely a loaded part of this if you're a Kansas City fan. But there are so many people, so many droves of pe people trying to say that this is a good faith move by Patrick Mahomes, that this is that he is setting up the organization <laughs> to be better, to build better, to, be, to, get to, to maintain the roster, to, to fit Chris Jones in next year. I, I, I have never seen a more uh, oranges to apples scenario with a contract. And look, we don't have contracts like this. We're, we don't have modifications like this either. Uh, this is not normal in any fashion, but I, I just can't get there. I, I get, you know, fans or, or people that follow this stuff trying to find, I don't know, silver linings or uh, trying to zag instead of zig, right? If everybody's saying this is just a cash grab, I got to find a reason why it's not. 
it just is. <laughs> right? This guy made $60 million for three years and, you know, went to the Super Bowl twice and he did everything he's been asked of and he's underpaid. And he just sat down with his team and said, can we do something about it? I, I, I don't understand why it has to be more complicated than that. If there's any question mark, and I think it was your original sentence is, why did the Chiefs do this? Right? Yeah. The Chiefs got this guy to sign a 12-year contract. And it was far and away the biggest contract for, in terms of guarantee, structure, strength, average salary. It, was, it wasn't like a million more. It was like 8 million more than everybody else at the time of the signing. Right? So it was, three years ago, this unicorn contract. No doubt, everybody caught up. Right? The salary cap, the cash, the TV stuff, and all these quarterback contracts caught up. And I'm not saying in any capacity that this isn't deserved, but there's a world where 29 to 30 to 31 other franchises say no to this, right? I mean, the Chiefs did not have to do this. So I, it, there's so many angles to this, but I'm curious, uh, uh, before I answer that, the, they're in your mentions. Who, what kind of backlash are you? What's the common backlash that you're receiving for the article that you wrote on the site? Right, right. And, and a couple of hits I did in Kansas City where I basically said, you know, in, in a not so... Look, I didn't go out there and say Patrick Mahomes is selfish. What I, saw, what I said is this contract modification is for selfish purposes. It is, I need more cash. And, and he's saying all the right things. He's got his agent out there saying he needs to do this to continue to have the quarterback pay, you know, pushing forward because if Burrow's there, he's got to be here. All that's true. Uh, you know what I mean? Except for here's the problem. This isn't a rip it up and start it over, which I know you want to get to, right? He's still on the same contract. So when you're going to sites like SpotTrack or you're logging into the NFL PA, right? If you have that capacity, you're still seeing 10 for 450, 45 million a year, 63 practically guaranteed. Those are the numbers attached to Patrick Mahomes right now, even though this modification pulled a ton of money forward and made his next four years a heck of a lot more fruitful. So it's not like on paper, this is actually a bigger contract or a different contract. It didn't make him more powerful, right? He's, got, he's not getting a free agency any earlier right now. He's going to have to step into that front office in four years and say, all right, I'm still a superstar. We got to do something about this again because I, I don't want to be in this contract anymore. That's still going to happen because he's under contract till 2031 still. So the Chiefs sort of won in that regard. So the backlash is that he really didn't do a lot here, that he that he's just got a couple of extra dollars, but they're still going to restructure him every year and the cap is going to work in their favor and all that's true. Here's my one hot take from an absolute nerd standpoint that I want to throw out there. This contract saved $2.5 million of cap space this year. Two and a half. And by the way, if they go to the Super Bowl and he's and he's an MVP candidate, it didn't save anything because he's going to get the two and a half million in escalators next year and there's nothing to roll over. So it could be zero cap saved. If this was really about doing right by the organization and setting themselves up to franchise tag Chris Jones next year and all that stuff, all he had to do was restructure the rest of his base salary, which was not a minimum. It was five and a half million and it would have saved three point three million. So he didn't have to sign anything. He, he didn't have to take any more cash. He could have just said, hey, just convert my base salary and a signing bonus, and you get an extra couple million for, for Chris Jones next year if you want to franchise tag him. That would have been the honorable thing to do. Again, I'm not saying what he did was wrong. He needed the money, okay? He has outkicked his coverage by a mile here. Yes, very It's much not so. selfish, but this maneuver, especially in the middle of the season, is a cash grab, and there's no way around that. And so I think... It just thinking through this common sense wise, the Kansas city chiefs would give in just simply because 
You want to yeah. keep Mahomes happy. They don't have to do it, but they also know there's no reason to enter into any situation no. where I've got to deal with an unhappy Patrick Mahomes. So keys to the franchise there. And I'm wondering if for Mahomes, I'm almost thinking about this like through a college football coaching contract perspective. If Mahomes mm. keeps those extra years just for PR, just for the Midwest is all about loyalty. If the, <laughs> if that 2031, because most people look at that contract and boom, they're on to the next thing. They're not breaking yeah. it down like you are. They see 2031 and they go, great. He's on board till 2031. And it, it yeah. plays really well in Kansas City. Now, I'm in a transient market. I live in Orlando, Florida, and everyone here is on the move constantly. So I don't think that it's as important. Certain regions of the country, that stuff plays really, really well. And I would think that Kansas City would be one of those spots where if you – you tell the fans, I'm on board till 2031. They gobble that stuff up, and everybody loves to be loved. He's from a baseball family. You know, there's something to that. There's something that that, that this contract looks exactly like a Mike Trout contract or an Aaron Judge contract. It just does, right? Yeah. Bought out the arbitration years, and there's nine years of free agency built into this. It's exactly how this thing was structured. Well, guess what? He, you know, he won, he won two Super Bowls and two MVPs during his arbitration year. So he had to get paid a little bit more money when he hit free agency, which is essentially where we are now. Again, it's, it's correct. What's happening here is 100% correct. Um, but the, the term is interesting. It really is because a, a wilier agent would have really fought to get this thing done in 2027, would have cut the last five years of this deal off and said, look, what's really good for the quarterback position is you being a free agent in 2027 or even 2028, putting pressure on Kansas City to continue to push this thing forward like LeBron James does every single year with his contract and Giannis is doing right now in Milwaukee. Talk about Midwest, right? Yeah. That, those things are real, right? Those things are real. And when, you're con when your quarterback is under term for nine more seasons and he's really happy financially for at least four of them, there's a world where this, you know, bite, bite off as little as possible in terms of running backs and wide receivers, which they continue to do, is just going to continue to happen. Now, if they lose seven games this year, maybe that changes like it did in New England for a couple of seasons. But they're, they're certainly not flush with major high-paid options around him. Let's put it that way. And I don't think a lot of people think they're going to retain Chris Jones next year either. So it's going to be another big player out the door because of financials. It's not Mahomes' contract stopping that, by the way. It is their mindset. It is what they believe that they can do right now because Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, not because of how his contract looks. So... I think there's something to that. Um, I would have loved to see an extra $43 million for the next four years, $208 million guaranteed, and then free agency. That's an ultimate quarterback modification to this contract. He didn't do it. So did the Chiefs win in that regard? Yes. They won in, two, in, in three instances. The first you already laid out, they kept their quarterback happy and kept the public sentiment positive outside of the backlash that I'm getting right now because we're yeah. calling this selfish. <laughs> So that's one. Number two, the, the moving of the roster bo bonus dates is important. It's not crazy important. It's not the number one reason why this is a great contract modification, as some of these fans are trying to say out loud. Okay. But it does give them time to maneuver and to convert salary after the after free agency, after the draft. Except for this, right? He's got like a $59 million cap hit every year for, for the next four years. They're going <laughs> right. to convert saw his that salary in the article. March 13th yep. every single year so they can sign you know, four wide receivers at 2 million each. But anyway, it, it's a, it's a win for the chiefs that they get the, the, an extra two months to maneuver there. And, and the biggest win is that they have this guy under contract for nine years. So if by some reason 
he's not the Patrick Mahomes we know right now in five years, right? But he's still above average. They don't have to do anything. They can keep this guy under contract. He can hold out. He can he can go public and get ugly if he wants to. But this guy's under contract in Kansas City for nine more years. That's a win for Kansas City. It really is. So a win for Kansas City and a win for Patrick Mahomes because he gets more money up front. And yeah. yet Mike Gennetti is the one that's receiving all the backlash, yeah. man. It's, you're yeah. taking a big L here comparatively. Uh, I'll live with it. Don't worry. There's enough coffee in the day to live through this. Don't worry. I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most interesting nerd nugget that you found in this highly complex deal? Oh, that's a good one. Um, boy, but that's a that's a real good one. Um, all right. I, I thought it was interesting that most of the money now in this modification is in base salary and not roster bonus, which is not always the safest way to go. Now, this guy is rock solid from A to Z, right? I mean, in terms of yeah. on-field, off-field, all that stuff. But Leaving yourself base salary does leave you suspect to suspension and forfeiture and things like that. Whereas roster bonuses are a little bit stronger. There's no payback mechanism in those and things like that. So that's why you see a lot of these, uh, these high profile players taking massive fully guaranteed at signing roster bonuses, which look like signing bonuses, but are actually roster bonuses in the legalese. They're stronger. They, they, they have much more protection to them. So moving more money to base salary, which we all know is going to be signing bonus by the second league day of every year anyway, was just an interesting piece to me. He, he carried really high roster bonuses on this initial contract. And now with the modification, most of the money is just straight base salary, which is just, it's just a maneuver. I, I don't know that there's any really factor reason, but you know, if this were a different player, a different human being, that might be cause for concern in some instances. So that would be something like, uh, say, uh, Deshaun Watson would, yeah. would probably yeah. not prefer that route. But he does. He's got $46 million base salaries. So that they, they well, had got all of his in, money guaranteed. So I don't think maybe yeah, they, they the had right to build in language that says he can't forfeit that or pay that back. That's how strong that contract wow. is. But let's not go down that rabbit hole, please. Jeez. Um, oh, so uh, give me a prediction then. When does he rip up this thing and start over again? Because it's yeah. it, the, the PR of it makes it sound like 10 years or eight years. We don't have to worry about this, but you know, that's not the case. Now, the initial thought, the agent put out there along with the numbers that they're going to talk after 2026 before the 2027 season. I don't know. I mean, there's 53 million to be made in 2027. So it seems like that's a pretty good jumping off point um, if he wants to stick through that. And then 2028 has 27 million of cash allocation. So that's obviously the line of demarcation right now is that 2028 season. Um, so maybe they get five years out of this. My guess is they're getting four um, and then rip it up after 2026. In my opinion, at that point, they are straight ripping it up. There's no more modification staying in this contract because where Trevor Lawrence is going, where Tua might go uh, just in the next 12 to 18 months is going to be a whole new level. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is if we think this thing's slowing down, it's just not. Um, but, you know, at some point in time over the next, I'd say four, four and a half years, he'll be done with this contract completely. And then it's on to really big and brighter things because he'll be 31 years old and could have three Super Bowls and three MVPs at least at that point in time. So it's just going to be astronomical. Okay, I want to wrap the uh, Patrick Mahomes portion of this conversation with a very simple question then. Is he still underpaid relative mm. to the position? Yeah, yeah, he didn't go He didn't go top of everything with this modification in terms of the next four years. So everything we're talking about here is really 23 through 26. Um, that's where the practical guarantees live. There's 208.1 million over those next four seasons. And for all intents, it's practically guaranteed. So that is that is a hundred thousand or that is one million dollars more 
No, that is $100,000 more than Joe Burrow received and Lamar Jackson received essentially. Um, but it is not, you know, an, a, an adjusted AAV of 55 million to, to approach Burrow's number. It's not any of those things. So again, it's not, you know, it's not as selfish as it could have been if I want to lean into this whole thing, right? It's not, it could have been a lot worse, but it is, it is priced properly for a modification without having to rip up, start over and make this really messy and really complicated and really drawn out. All right, let's turn to the running back market because we've got even more news there. Um, Not only do we have Nick Chubb and an injury there, we've also seen Cam Akers sent to the Minnesota Vikings. There's some uh, interesting compensation back and forth here. So was this, to me, it looks like one of those trades where the Rams said, please get this guy off my roster. Is that the way that it reads for you? where they uh, they send a seventh-round pick along with Cam Akers and receive a sixth. Mind you, this is not for another three years. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I mean, he's it's, he, he's been in the doghouse, what, eight times with the Rams in the past three years? It just seems like one of those scenarios where they got to a breaking point and he had to go. What's funny is the guy can play ball. Um, so if he can get his head straight and, and kind of fall in line with the rest of this roster, uh, this is a win for Minnesota. I, I didn't realize Minnesota needed this. I, I'm not sure why they're the team that lands came makers. I feel like there were six other teams that could have prioritized this, including the giants who are, you know, going to shuffle around Matt Breida tonight on Thursday night football. So I, I don't know. I don't know that Minnesota was the team I would have chosen for this, but I, I guess I get it if they're just looking for a, a shot in the arm to get their season going here in 2023. But yeah, it's a, it's a late round swap. There's some conditions which we don't know the terms of yet, but my guess is that's built out of playing time and and things like that. And uh, and it's really kind of a free move. It's it's a 1.3 million dollar contract the rest of the way. It's an expiring contract. He's going to be a free agent next March, and uh, you know that's that's what uh, the Rams are able to free up. So in terms of capping cash, if the Rams are sliding backwards, which a lot of us think they are financially speaking, this is just another 1.3 off their books, which is good news for them. Okay, I don't think Cam Akers is uh, as high profile a name to maybe shake up any sort of future strategy, but they're clearly, like you said, bringing somebody in to maybe help them turn this season around after starting 0-2. Does this this have you lose any confidence in the what I thought was a brilliant idea to have Kirk Mm -hmm. Cousins sent to the New York Jets? Does this take away from that at all? No, maybe not, right? Maybe if they're just going to bolster the running game and then just throw any quarterback out there once they trade Kirk Cousins, right? Maybe that's part of the thinking too. It's possible. Um, I, I know you're a big fantasy guy. Are you? Does this concern you now from an Alexander Madison standpoint? Or oh, is yeah. it going to be impossible to play these two guys because of the back and forth that could happen? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Alexander Madison was already doing that to himself. Yeah. Uh, through two games, he's averaging 3.3 yards per carry. So... And the, and then the guy behind him, Ty Chandler, a lot of people have on their bench and he doesn't seem like he, he's really going to get the running game going. So this feels like a desperation move more than anything else. Just a way to um, just like you said, see if they can spark anything. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think Cam Akers has it anymore. He tore his Achilles a couple of years ago. He hasn't been the same guy since he was a good back in college at Florida State, but They've definitely produced better. Uh, Devonta Freeman, Dalvin Cook, Cam Akers is not, he's not that guy. He, he's, he's always been a lesser version um, in terms yeah. of an overall uh, productivity standpoint. So th- this to me, it's interesting only because of fantasy. Otherwise, why the hell does anybody care? You know, <laughs> I don't know. The, the, the McVay doghouse stuff is interesting. This guy just couldn't stay active. I mean, literally inactive to start this year after I, one of the bigger comebacks I can remember 
last year coming out of the doghouse and being one of the best running backs in all of football for a while last year. So it's, it's been a weird, you know, 24, 30 months for this guy, but I don't know. I, I guess this is a landing spot where he's going to get some touches. So we'll see. He'll get an opportunity when it comes to Kareem Hunt signing with the Browns. What type of additional money do you think, or, or potentially even know that he was able to squeeze out due to the desperation of the situation and the Browns trying to stay afloat after losing one of their best players? Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a pretty base minimum. I haven't gotten the details on the incentives, but it can max at $4 million. So there's something in there built into probably receptions and snaps and, and rush yards. So I, I don't know. I mean, I like the Jerome Ford kid quite a bit from what I've seen. I guess this is going to be a back and forth. But if, if, if Kareem Hunt just becomes what he was, which was, you know, essentially a, a pass catcher out of the backfield, uh, I think that's something Deshaun Watson needs right now based on seeing how he looks over the, in the last, honestly, year and a half here. Um, and maybe this will bolster that Cleveland offense as well because the defense is there. This is just a team that uh, has been stagnant outside of Nick Chubb, and losing him could be deadly. If not, they can figure out this uh, this Jerome Ford and Hunt situation. So NBA training camps are opening up soon. I know that as a fact because I just got my Orlando Magic media day invitation, so I'll be uh, chumming it up with those guys in a couple of weeks. And the big news that still feels like around the league is the Damian Lillard saga. Is that still top of mind for everybody or have we moved on? Cause Woj just throwing some stuff out there that, that feels like absolute haymakers. <laughs> yeah. He's bringing every superstar possible into his gamut, right? It feels like he's ramping up to wake people up to the NBA season. You know what I mean? It's like it's time. Let's start talking to everybody else again. Um, I know Toronto's in. I know they're in. They've been in all along on Dame Lillard. Uh, I think it's simply a matter of can can Portland get Dame on board with that? Because I have I have a feeling that that offer uh, is probably more likable to Portland than the Tyler Hero offer that Miami has right now. Um, I I just don't know if it's top of mind. I, I think you know there a lot of things happened from a roster construction standpoint in this season that should be being discussed. I, I think. The Warriors, I know it's, we're probably all sick of the Warriors right now, but what they did is still so freaking interesting to me um, and how this whole Chris Paul thing is going to play, especially if he's coming off the bench as sort of a role player. Uh, can that team do it one more time with this, this shot in the arm that Chris Paul might give them? I, I think that's fascinating. I always love when there's a, uh, a basketball, like a world classic, like this FIBA stuff, and then we get to see those players now, how, how it translates into the NBA season. We see a lot of ramp up generally from superstar players that get that time and get that work and then kind of hit the ground running in October where other players are still in their preseason mode. So to me, I, I like, I like to bet on actually, you know, practically and literally those kind of players that have spent the summer doing, putting in that kind of work um, in that FIBA setting. But I don't know. I mean, the Dame Lillard stuff is going to come around eventually. And will James Harden report, you know, is he going to be a good soldier? Yeah. That might be, that might be one a over Dame Lillard right now, because that could get ugly really, really fast. And those are guys that would be interesting moves as good as Damian Lillard is. I don't think it makes somebody a slam dunk to get right. to pun intended. Sorry for that. Uh, to get to the, uh, the NBA finals, but some of these names that Woj is implying could be trade candidates over the next 12 months. To me, these are the real movers and shakers. Giannis, yeah. Uh, perhaps unhappy in Milwaukee, Luka Doncic, the growing discontent potentially in Dallas, and Joel Embiid, if they don't get things turned around in Philadelphia, does he want to find himself playing elsewhere? Those are three guys that I, I'm, I mean, I'm down on James Harden 
Damian Lillard is a really good player, but he's at the tail end of it. Those are three guys that can turn you into a championship contender instantaneously as long as you have another guy to pair along with them. I mean, we're literally talking about the top three MVP candidates in the league. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how insane that is. I, I, I have, If I had to pick, MB does seem like it's it's coming. Don't you agree? I mean, yeah. there's a world where either Daryl Moore gets fired, which I think could be inevitable here, or everything just blows up and they just start this entire process over. Um, to me, the only saving grace would be if Ty if Tyrese Maxey is an actual star. And, and if Maxey and Embiid figure something out over the next couple of months before that trade deadline, it'll quiet things down. But if not, if this is just like an average team, like we sort of saw for a while there and Harden is whatever he's doing, even if he's just kind of, you know, a 10 minute guy, just kind of playing right. Embiid's going to want out of there. And, and there are no shortage of teams, superstar contending teams, that will be in on him. The Giannis stuff, I'm not there yet. I think, uh, you know, him not signing the extension is, is is also good business, not just, you know, him doing right by his by Milwaukee right now. If he waits a year, you know, it's a five-year massive extension when he gets that cap increase and, and goes from there. And, and uh, we've got an article on spotchart.com that really details why he needs to wait until 2024 to sign his extension. So I think that happens. And Lucas, that, that Dallas roster is better than I think we anticipated. Uh, you know, it fizzled down the stretch and Kyrie kind of, was the reason for that. But I think a full summer with Kyrie and Luca together, figuring out how that can work, can work. So I, I don't think that's super, super, super pressing right now. But I don't. I also don't think Roge is incorrect by putting those names, at least in, in, in terms of a preseason, you know, must watch kind of thing. That there, that there could get to a point where those three three names are legitimate trade candidates. Definitely has me thinking NBA again, and uh, I had blacked out to everything not named the NFL and college football for a couple of weeks. So it. Uh... It definitely helps me check back in. Let's get to some quick hits as we wrap up here. Shohei Otani cleared out his locker last week. This has to be the official end with the LA Angels. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're already changing the Angels logos, the Dodgers logos on all of his swag and stuff. It's all done. So it's a, it's a sad goodbye, but it's the right move. And look, the Angels did what they could. Honestly, they did. They they did everything and, and then some this year, including handing him $30 million in arbitration before they, they even got the arbitration. So uh, in terms of this year alone, everybody kind of did the right thing and it's just a bad ending. That's all. Travis Hunter, uh, who unfortunately has a lacerated liver after taking a, a big hit uh, in that in that rivalry game against Colorado State. He is the, I've called him the Shohei Otani. I know I'm not the only one, but the Shohei Otani of college football playing both wide receiver and defensive back and being the best at his level, being one of the best at both, which is truly incredible. Uh, he's making a lot of NIL money, but if he were able to do this at the NFL level, just the, really projecting ahead beyond his rookie contract, if he were still playing both sides, have you thought about what his valuation would be in the NFL? Yeah, I, I I would treat it just like I would treat Otani, which is I would I would evaluate him as a wide receiver. So if he's, you know, even if he's a second tier wide receiver, we're at 25 million now. And I would evaluate him as a probably second tier DB, which is right around that number as well. It's about 20, you know, 18 to 20 right now. If, if the stars are making 24, um, the Diggs brothers sort of come to come to thought here. Right. If we put both the Diggs brothers together in the NFL, right? What would that be? It would be, it would be 40 million a year. It would be, it would be a second tier quarterback contract right now. So uh, I, I think it's possible. Do I think any NFL front office would allow it to happen? No. Um, but look, it's, it's really good for college football. Let's put it that way. 
Yes, it's very good for college football. I will be genuinely stunned if he's able to do this at the NFL level. But we said the same thing about Otani. So this is how Otani, he opens things up for us creatively, creatively, excuse me, when it comes to the way that we look at these athletes, because we would have never thought that what he's doing is truly possible, not just doing it, but being one of the best at both. And Travis Hunter potentially is that guy. He doesn't seem tired to me. Isn't the conversation just how underpaid Dion was? I mean, right? I mean, what was he doing, right? Smashing home runs and stealing bases for the Braves and then going and playing two positions, maybe even three from a return standpoint as well, yeah. right? At the time, he was doing four things at once, essentially, in two sports and making good, but not like unicorn money ever for the, for anybody. So it was pretty wild what Dion did. You know, he uh, made up for it in endorsements. Is it possible that Tua wins the MVP this year and comeback player of the year in the same season? Damar Hamlin's still the favorite to win comeback player of the year, but he hasn't been activated yet. I, I just can't, I can't imagine he's got all the reasons because of what happened last year to win that award. But if he doesn't play at all, I don't know how you give it to him. I don't mean to sound uh, sinister in saying that, but is it possible Tua wins both? Very. I'd put it at number two odds right now. I think that's probably where it is in terms of the actual odds yeah. anyway. Uh, we He's number one for MVP and number two for comeback yeah. player of the year. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, I think Hamlin might play this weekend. Just some insider tips there because right. uh, the Mike, Micah Hyde is banged up. Jordan Poyer's got a little bit of a knee knock as well. So they're going to need a safety this week, most likely. So this may start the actual conversation of is, is Hamlin going to play enough and is he going to look good enough from a comeback standpoint to get the votes he deserves? Um he absolutely can do it though, Tua. No question about it. He, if he if he if he plays 17 weeks, I think he is a shoe in for top three in both of these. And uh, based on how Hamlin's season kind of falls out here, uh, it's probably back and forth between those two guys. He, the, that would have to be an all time first in the yeah. NFL. You guys can hit me up if uh, if I'm wrong about that. Uh, how much money is Micah Parsons making himself this year? The he's already one of the best defensive players in the league. And it seems like he's getting even better. Yes. Smarter, better, more versatile, doing everything. Uh, He's Chris Jones. Plus, I don't know any edge rusher, Nick Bosa. He's Chris Jones plus Nick, Nick Bosa right now. So um, if we had trouble with Nick Bosa's contract and it it went where it went a couple weeks ago, um, it's going to be 15% more than that minimum right now. It's going to be the highest everything in defensive history, probably the highest everything in non quarterback history. Um, and the fact that it's Dallas is just so juicy, right? I mean, <laughs> that Jerry gets to do this and gets to promote this. It's just so good. So it, he's, he's worth every dollar. I've seen him at almost every snap in college in the NFL. Now he's worth every single penny that's coming to him. And it's going to be exponentially bigger than anything we've seen before. He is Lawrence Taylor without the off the field issues. So yep. that is uh, quite the payday. <laughs> that took a dark turn. <laughs> this has been a that the uh the Pacers and Buddy Heald have begun trade talks I saw the Lakers were interested last season would they still be the leaders in the clubhouse to pull this off everybody wants a guy that can shoot over 40 percent from three-point range I don't I don't think so I I think the Lakers are pretty happy with these complimentary pieces that they've added otherwise they probably would have let a bunch of them walk this year and they didn't and not only did they bring them back they extended most of them so I think they're maybe content uh with how this is rolling at least till January and then you know, when the trade deadline approaches and we, we know better what, what's happening with that roster and, and what could be LeBron's what last, last year or so, uh, they'll certainly react then. But I, I don't know. I'm not sure they're in right now 
after all the work they've put in to sort of, you know, not get him last year. I, I think there are other teams involved, but uh, I don't think the Lakers are going to be on the top of this list this time. Well, I know that he will uh, have plenty of trade candidates. Mike, really good stuff on the Patrick Mahomes deal, a full breakdown found at SpotTrack.com. And if you like the content that you hear on this channel, don't forget to follow, rate, review, subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. I appreciate being involved. And again, it's SpotTrack.com for all of the latest in the sports contractual world. Till next time. <laughs>